Okay. Uh, welcome, listeners. This is the Wagme Fantasy Football Podcast, and today we'll be covering who we think are the most overvalued receivers heading into the 2022 fantasy football season. We tried tricking you today with Nick introducing you instead of me. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Wagme Fantasy. That's our handle. Look at our website, please. It's sexy. I spent a lot of time working on it. That is www.wagmefantasy.com. Without further ado. And yeah, let's start off who we think are the most overvalued receivers coming into this draft. Um, I want to go first. You want to go first? Go for it. Yep. Uh, guy that I think everybody's drafting at his absolute ceiling, A.J. Brown. What's his name? Or A.J. Bust, as yep. I've renamed him. A.J. Bust is going at wide receiver nine. And I think that is the absolute maximum value you're going to get out of that guy hell that's the highest finish he's ever had in his career so why draft him at his peak of all outcomes uh listen he went from tennessee to philadelphia we've covered it before that's a seamless transaction he goes from one run dominant offense with a mediocre quarterback to another so it's not like it's going to be culture shock on him but the Eagles had the lowest passing rate in 2021 at 50%. That's nothing new to A.J. Brown. But the thing is, Devontae Smith is there. And I will argue that they're a 1A, 1B situation instead of A.J. Brown stratified above him. Smith has prior experience with Jalen Hurts, too. He could still lead the team in targets. Quez Watkins was second on the team last year in targets with 62. Well, second wide receiver, excuse me, Dallas Goddard had more. But the big question is, can Jalen Hurts support two wide receivers in fantasy football? I think he can. I just don't see either performing top 15. I, I think if you draft A.J. Brown at wide receiver nine, you're going to be not mildly, majorly disappointed. He's going to finish as a low-end wide receiver two this year. The amount of targets is just shrinking both the running backs and tight ends in that offense combined for, well, excuse me, they had over hundred targets each, each positional group. And when you're throwing the ball less than 500 times and Dallas Goddard and the running back committee is going to consume half of that. I don't know. You have to share with Devonte Smith. I don't see AJ Brown being a top 10 receiver whatsoever this year. What do you have to add? Um, yeah, Devontae Smith, one thing I'll say there is he's already got that connection with Hurts. Um, A.J. Brown, he's coming from a team that was a little more pass-heavy than uh, Philadelphia. I mean, oh, we definitely, because oh, we Philadelphia was the least pass-heavy in the league last year. Um, and he just doesn't have that rapport built up yet with Jalen Hurts. I would expect Devontae Smith to maybe have a better start to the season and maybe see it even out more at the end. I could see a world where it slightly leans towards AJ Brown. I'm not gonna lie. AJ I think Bust. he's AJ Bust. Sorry, yes. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think he's the better receiver out of the two. From what I've seen from Devontae Smith right now, AJ Brown is the better, the better of the two. But Smith could take that second year leap that we've talked about in previous podcasts. I made the hot claim in our previous episode that Devontae Smith would outscore AJ Brown this year. I'm going to double down and stand with it here. I, Damn I, I support it. Listen, it's one of the, I think AJ Brown's going to play closer to the line of scrimmage and Devonte Smith is going to be the stretch receiver in this offense. And it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic works. I'm not saying 
they both can't be fantasy stars this year. I'm just saying they're not going to be inside the top 15. Who do you want to start with? So I'm going to move on to DK Metcalf, who I have also renamed to DK Midcalf. <laughs> I hate this receiver. I have since the moment he entered the league. He's just a big guy. He, I remember uh, big before the season started last year, there were debates if he was top five, top three. There's yeah. no yeah. way DK Metcalf, Midcalf, is anywhere near that. I wouldn't put him top 20. All he's ever done is chase down Buda Baker. That's his best <laughs> highlight, a defensive play. Yeah. He's just a big guy. Where's he being drafted? He's being drafted at wide receiver 15. Sorry. Nice. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Nice. Yeah, wide receiver 15 for a guy who's never had a real exceptional season. He's got a below yeah, average. I don't know. Give, like, give him... His year two was 2019. Yep. Yeah, wide receiver 78. But I, I agree. Go ahead. Um, he's he he has a below average catch rate at 58%. That's not good. Um, it's lower than the league average, which is I think 62%. Yeah. Um Drew Locke is now the head of the quarterback position in, in Seattle. And we've seen what Drew Locke can do. He was unable to support probably one of the better prospects we've seen come out of college and Jerry Judy, he was expected to be a great receiver and he just hasn't done it. Granted, he's been injured, but when he has played, it was poor. And I would put all of that on Drew Locke. Um, yeah, I don't think he can sustain him and Lockett. He's already got a connection with No Fant, who I could see taking over a large red zone role, which is where DK really makes a lot of his money because he is that massive guy. And he can't, he's not, he's just not going to get as many targets this year. They're your, not going to score. Your next note there. Oh, yeah. I also have a note. He's ugly. Um, <laughs> he's got pink hair. Like, no, I don't like this guy. Um, yeah, I could see a world where Gino starts overdrew lock maybe halfway through the season i don't think that changes anything for dk's outlook um the seahawks they run a lot they always have back when they had marshawn lynch they ran the ball a lot and when they have a healthy running back they tend to lean on them um and also in seattle you see they have the eighth slowest offense last year and i don't see that getting higher with drew lock at the helm that only hurts dk um, it only hurts Tyler Lockett as well. I don't have much hope for either of those receivers, and I'm a huge Tyler Lockett guy. Yeah, and I'm going to interject now and say the Seattle Seahawks are going to lead the league in rushes this year. When predicting offenses, I think Seattle is one of the easier ones. Maybe it's a lazy take. Maybe it's not. I think it's going to be an accurate one. 2021 Broncos last year, just going to be the Seattle Seahawks this year. You have Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. They did go out, draft Walker pretty high. They're going to use two running backs, and they drafted two linemen in their first three picks in this draft, Charles Cross and I forget the other tackle name, but that's not the point. They are making the emphasis that they're going to be a run team. And, yeah, he really hasn't proved anything to us yet other than that one spectacular year. Drew Locke is as poor of a thrower as you can get. I think I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I think 14 is how many touchdowns DK had in his great year too. So yeah. that really influences where he finished. Well, when you have Russell Wilson throwing you the yeah. ball and now you're getting a duck thrown at you every time it, it'll be, his talent has to shine through and I just don't think he's that good. Yeah. All right. My next guy being drafted right around that wide receiver 15 mark is Terry McLaurin. Listen, folks, stop being fooled by this guy. Are we going to go with Terry Midlauren or <laughs> Terry McLaughable? Terry McLaughable, Terry McLuzen. <laughs> I like Terry Midlauren. 
it doesn't roll off the tongue like the other ones. We'll have our own names for them. Yeah. Um, listen, stop. I said this before. Stop being fooled by this guy. Year in year out, he's drafted way above his finish. Last year, he was drafted as a wide receiver ten or eleven, and he finished as a wide receiver twenty five. In twenty twenty, he finished as a wide receiver twenty. Twenty nineteen, wide receiver twenty nine. Listen, like stop drafting a guy inside the top 15 when he doesn't have a season better than wide receiver 20. How many times do I have to tell you? The narrative on Terry McMidlorn has always been that his quarterback play is poor. He's a really talented receiver. He's an elite talent, but he has Carson Wentz. Where all of a sudden do we expect Carson Wentz to be better than what he's had before? Wentz, 32nd best catchable pass rate for you number crunchers. That would be the worst in the league. And like, I don't think, I don't think he's going to be able to perform any better than what Michael Pittman did last year. Granted, Michael Pittman was wide receiver 17 on the year. I don't see that happening. Jahan Dotson is there. That's probably going to help Terry Midloran more than it hurts him. Um, however, it will dilute his, his share just a tad. They too, just like Tennessee, just like Seattle, or excuse me, Philadelphia and Seattle, they don't like throwing the ball. They throw to their running backs a lot too. JD McKissick re-signed with them. Between him, Gibson, and their third running back, I forget his name at this point, but they had 122 targets going to the running back position last year. That was upwards in the top five for the league. I just think at wide receiver 15, you know, there's guys like DJ Moore. There's guys who else is below him. Michael Pittman's one of him. Um, there's guys right below him that are going to finish much higher or have at least a higher probability of doing so. And he's seen over 130 targets over the past two years, and he's still finished outside the 20, top 20. Adam Thielen or Terry McLaurin. Ooh. Um, yeah, Thielen. Like, even, Thielen. even though he's – 12, actually, no, he's seven, 17 spots, 17 spots yeah. below Terry McLaurin. I would rather have Adam Thielen. I think in the ring, all ranges of outcomes, I see him finishing higher than McLaurin. Yeah, I see McLaurin having probably another 20, 20 to 25 finish. Um, definitely not 15. You're getting scammed. Don't take him. Um, quarterback play, I would say, is a little bit better than Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke was just, he was all over the place. He didn't know if he was good or bad, but... I think that it's clear now that he he was bad. Um, not the answer for the commanders. Um, oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yep. I uh, I think that Carson Wentz might be a slight improvement, but I don't see him really sustaining Terry McLaurin to be a wide receiver. I caught myself Googling uh, Washington Redskins oh. yesterday. How politically Yeah, in, you, should, you should be canceled. You should be. Yep. Uh, so we're going to find a new guy here soon. Don't worry. Yeah. You listeners report me. I will be in jail for the next six to 10 years. Uh, who would you rather have Darnell Mooney or Terry McLaurin? Oh, it's only one right. Yeah. I I think I'd lean Mooney there for sure. I, I, I had to think about it for a second, but yeah, Mooney's Mooney would be my guy. Uh, new offense, uh, Justin Fields, second year Mooney is the only receiver on the team. And same amount of volume. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think all three of those guys, Mooney, McLaurin, Thielen are all roughly in the same tier. So to each your own, if you prefer McLaurin, I'm not going to blame you. I'm just going to say you're a clown and that you're, you're overdrafting him. Yep. 
Who's next? All right, I got Tyree Kill here on the list, um, being drafted at wide receiver seven. I think that is way too high for Tyree Kill right now. You don't know where how he's going to perform um, on a new team. Quarterback play is such a big factor in a receiver's performance. And what we've seen from Tua, it hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been the type of quarterback play that supports Tyree Kill's game. Mediocre. Um, yeah, Tua averages in his first two years, the average there is six and a half yards per attempt. Um, and Pat, he, Tyree Kill is leaving Kansas City, where he had Patrick Mahomes, who averaged eight and a half um, yards per attempt. That's news to me. What's that? Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, so Tyreek in Kansas City averaged 12 and a half yards per target. Um, and that's, I only see a decline with Tua. And you have to think how much of that we all know the same. Fuck it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. <laughs> and how much of that, those big plays that Tyreek would pull off, how much of that should be accredited to Patrick Mahomes instead of Tyreek Hill? Yeah, Tyreek got down there, but it took. Patrick Mahomes running across the field, falling down side arm across to the other side of the field again and hits him in stride. Tua can't do that. Patrick can't. And I don't, I just don't see a world where Tyreek Hill lives up to that wide receiver potential, wide receiver seven potential. Sorry. And honestly, I could see him finishing uh, like below outside of the top 20. I don't think that's, that's impossible. It's in his range of outcomes. Yeah. Jalen Waddles there. He's established himself in that offense. He had an exceptional season last year. He's a very talented receiver. Um, they also now have Mike McDaniel um, in, uh, in Miami and in San Francisco, he was a very run heavy coach. Um, so I would expect maybe a little bit more running um, than we've seen in Miami in the past. And I don't know how much Tyreek is going to have to work with, and I, I don't see the wide receiver seven finish or higher, no. Yeah, so currently I am going through my Miami Dolphins breakdown and projections for last year. That's where we get all of our statistical projections for next year. That's how we're going to base our rankings when we're done with all 32 teams. Um, I am getting migraines predicting this Miami Dolphins offense because basically every player in the skill set room is new except for Jalen Waddle and what's his name Mike Kosicki yeah um McDaniel is a run heavy coach he brought along as his offensive coordinator oh she Frank Smith is his name the run coordinator for the LA Chargers last year so just with that title as his job I do I do see them running it more than last year Miami spent a bag on their offensive line this offseason they signed Teron Armstead arguably the best tackle in the game and then they also brought guard Connor Williams from the Cowboys so mm -hmm. I do see an emphasis to run the ball more this year now with McDaniel he's an offensive guru I think he can unlock the highest potential from any player except especially Tyreek Hill but the question is, is anybody going to consume that Debo Samuel role at San Francisco? Are they going to stick to one guy um, used in the backfield as a receiver? Or are they going to use Cedric Wilson, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle? Because all three can handle it. If they do that, it's Jalen Waddle on the backfield. We saw it last year in Miami. Jalen Waddle would get some work out of the backfield. Only twice. I was surprised. Yeah, but he he has a lot of catches behind the line. Yeah, of a lot of catches behind the line of scrimmage. That's where I was headed there. Yeah, I think Jalen Waddle. He's he is bigger than Tyreek. He he's a thicker guy, just like what we were saying with is AJ he? Brown. Yeah, yeah weight wise, I don't know about height, but uh, yeah, he's definitely taller than yeah, he's taller right. than Tyreek. But um, yeah, same thing we were saying about AJ Brown in Philly uh, with Devontae Smith. 
he's more of a bruiser as a receiver. So you're going to see Devontae Smith maybe get out more. I think that that is the role that Tyreek's going to hold in uh, Miami is that guy that gets out into the open field, just like he did in Kansas City. And then you'll see Jalen Waddle. You, I think Jalen Waddle racks up the receptions this year and Tyreek maybe not so much. Yeah, so this wide receiver group, their starters, Cedric Wilson is going to man the slot position. He's coming from Dallas. And him being in that slot position really frees up Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. When I'm assigning roles in this uh, offense to them, I have a question mark next to their names because I don't view it's mysterious. All right. They're going to be used in so many different ways. They're probably going to get double digit carries on the year each. Um, but we really don't know because they have Chase Edmonds, they have Sonny Michelle, they have Raheem Moster. Edmonds is a really good pass catching back, and he's going to be on the field for a lot of third downs as well. Um, I just wonder how many touches can Tyreek Hill get? I'm suspecting Mike McDaniel is going to get his best players, which are Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, the ball six to eight times in a game. I think both of them are going to be wide receiver twos in fantasy. I don't think either of them carve out a large enough role to be in that top 10 group. They're close, though. I think we have wide receiver seven. You're, you're reaching for Tyreek, though. Yeah. That, that's probably like the highest I can I can envision. Him I'm not touching him. I, I won't take it. Even if he may be the best wide receiver on the board, I'm going to take a guy who's going to get more work. I'm just not touching him this year. So you're on the clock, Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill? If I had to pick one, honestly, I think I lean Waddle. So I, yeah, Waddle. Tyreek Hill, it's just the quarterback play, I think, was a huge factor in the creating the player that he is now today, how we know him as. And I think that now that uh, now that that is gone, that might be the end of Tyreek's reign as one of the best receivers in the league. We could dissect Miami's offense for like a couple hours. That's how thick it's going to take. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Let, I don't think it's going to be a bad offense either. It's going to be really yeah. good. They upgraded. They they spent a lot to upgrade it. They have a really offensive oriented coach in there. I envision. I envision Tua being a top 15 quarterback. In fantasy? Yep. He's got so many playmakers around him. Yeah, I, yeah. It, he should be. With, if he doesn't, then that speaks to his inability to uh, play that, position. Then we know. Then we know he's bad. Yeah. And assessing roles in this Miami offense as the receivers, it's even harder because last year, Waddle and Gesicki were the only guys to get over 75 targets mm -hmm. on the team. And they're the only two guys to actually be healthy. Devontae Parker was busted up for half the year. Will Fuller. How many games did Tua play last year? Tua, he I know played was 12. In a decent amount. Yeah, he so played he missed 12. Five he missed time because of his his poor little ribs and his he finger. third of the season. So, again, we haven't had a full dose of Tua yet, and I think this year will really tell us whether or not Dolphins have their guy. I feel like anybody talking about Miami, like including myself, you're just spewing shit out of your mouth. Because, it's a headache. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen in that offense. Everybody can just predict. That's the best we can do. Why don't you move on to your next guy? Yeah, I'm tired of talking about Miami. Yeah. Uh, Michael Thomas, what what kind of nickname are we trying to? I ha I don't have really anything good for Michael Thomas. Because like that's a tough one. You can fit mid Cole, but then it sounds like McCole Hardman, and I don't know. Mm, Michael. Michael, okay, Michael Tom. Tom bust. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Michael Tom Alave's wide receiver too. I like that. I do like that. I like <laughs> Rolls that off the tongue. Tom Alave is wide receiver too. Listen, you're drafting Michael Thomas on average at the wide receiver 23 spot. 
And this is a guy that's played in seven games since his record-breaking 2019 season where Drew Brees was his quarterback and Jameis Winston was not. And 34-year-old Ted Ginn was his wide receiver too. Now we have Chris Olave. Now we have Jarvis Landry. Both, listen, they spent a a high-end first-round pick on Olave. They're going to use him. They're going to throw him the ball. And Landry's always a target machine. He probably has the most targets since entering the league. I would have to fact check myself on that. He's going to get some volume though. What's Thomas's health status? That's a good question. Apparently I I was listening to the fantasy footballers this morning and they said he released a hype video um, saying that he was like back and everything. But I, I like, I don't know. I don't even know what he's hurt with anymore. He's been gone for so long. I didn't know a sprained ankle could keep you out for two years. Yeah. And basically what it's been with a guy like him, he has a huge ego, you know, that can't guard Mike mantra. Who like knows? Who knows if he's just gonna say "fuck it"? I'm I'm better than all of you. I'm leaving. And take I, his I think that he might be out of out of New Orleans soon, if not this year. It still happen. Um, yeah, he's 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 an exceptional receiver. He's very talented. I know he gets a lot of hate saying uh, he's a slant guy. That's all he can do. Slant guy. But that was when that was when Drew Brees was the quarterback. Drew Brees. He's a great quarterback, but near the end of his career, he could not throw. He didn't have any attempts over 50 yards in his last season, which I think is insane. Um, but, yeah, I think that Michael Thomas, he, he can do it all, but I just don't see it happening this year. He doesn't have any rapport buildup with Jameis Winston. He doesn't – it's probably a completely different offensive line, different everything mm-hmm. now, new coach. No it's, all, it's all gone, yeah. I think everything tilts out of his favor, and even drafting him at wide receiver 23 – Granted, this is a guy who started his career with no seasons outside the top 10, I believe, um, including that monster wide receiver one finish in his last full healthy season. I think wide receiver 23 is too high because you have a lot of uncertainty with this guy. And we're all about avoiding risk. We're risk averse. And to draft him as your wide receiver two, you're bearing a lot of uncertainty with him. The offense has a completely different identity in 2019, Thomas's last season, they ranked 20th in run rate. They were rather pass heavy, had one of the highest pass amounts of passing attempts in the league. 2021 comes, they were third in run rate. That offensive line is uncertain. I don't know who their left tackle is now without Teron Armstead, but they still have Kamara and Mark Ingram. So I, I think Jameis Winston is a guy that's going to be airing it out. Yeah, and he does that, Jameis Winston throws the damn ball not at um, new not not at new orleans no he didn't last year in his small sample size of games but that lasik eye surgery yeah, got yeah, him yeah. got him fixed up he can see again um so how about we move on to my last guy here chris godwin um being drafted at the wide receiver 20 position i think that is absurd right now i talked about it in our last podcast about undervalued receivers i talked about how russell gage could have an exceptional start to the season probably eight games based on how many um, Chris Godwin's going to miss. But as I said, again, if Chris Godwin follows this uh, 11 and a half month trend of recovery for an ACL tear and MCL, MCL um, then yeah, he's going to be projected to return earliest week eight. If he follows that trend, that 11 and a half months. That's Um, a, that's a long time. I I know ACLs heal up 
some guys get back in nine yeah. months, but when you throw it's, in that MCL tear, it does make it a lot harder. You're probably close to that year, year mark. Mm -hmm. Yep. And being injured late in the season last year, you can't expect the guy to come. Even if he does come back earlier, I wouldn't expect full help from Godwin. Nope. Um, I would, I, I wouldn't really expect Chris Godwin, the guy to be back at full health, like playing the way he used to last year until late in the season, I'd say past the halfway mark. Um, and you're going to draft him a while. You're going to draft him as your wide receiver too. I think that's insane. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him before round five, to be honest. Especially I, if you don't know his situation. Yeah. Heading into next year. And that could change. Outlook could change based on what kind of reports we get. And it could change in a month. It could change tomorrow. Um, we don't know, but based on what news comes out, I, I, I'm definitely open to changing where I have him at. So Say news breaks in a month that Chris Godwin looks great. He's on pace to play week one. Do you think wide receiver 20 is a steal for a guy like that? Or do you think he'd be appropriately valued at wide receiver if, 20? What's, so what's the report say? Full health? Yep. Say he's on track to make a full recovery by preseason. He's going to be starting week one. As barring no setbacks. Oh, yeah, I'm taking him. I'm taking him at 20 for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a guy with a wide receiver two finish two years ago, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe three at this point. Time's flying by. Um, you got to think they have Michael Evans. Michael Sir, Evans. Sir Michael Evans. There we go. It sounds more, more Mike. Full. <laughs> yep. And they bring in Russell Gage to fill that wide receiver three spot. I don't think like that that doesn't bat an eye with me on Godwin's stock. I think he's still Tom Brady's go-to guy underneath. And I think he, he rampages when the ball's in his hands. He's a really strong physical slot type receiver. You, I, I don't know. Even if he's good to go by week one, um, you may see him be a little bit slow. That doesn't really matter with Tom Brady at quarterback. No matter how old the guy gets, you don't need to be – an elite route runner or elite after the catch. He's going to put the ball exactly where it needs to be. His offense is simple routes. Uh, it doesn't take too much pressure on the guy. I don't think that his knee should be an issue when it comes to catching passes from Tom Brady. Um, he might not do as well as he would when he's uh, fully recovered. But yeah, if he's back, he's the guy I want. I, he's my favorite receiver on that offense for sure if he's back. Really? You'd rather have him over? If he's fully healthy, yeah, I'm taking Godwin over Evans. I, I'm a big Sir Michael Evans guy heading into this year. I think he's going to have his best. He's never season. had a season under 1,000 receiving yards in Amen. the NFL, which Amen. is uh, it's great. He's super consistent, and he's the red zone guy. But never fit. I think his lowest finish is wide receiver 22, His one of his, the early years in his career. Yeah. Um, and also with those two guys, it's kind of like, what kind of production do you want? Do you want a boom bust guy? Mike Evans is going to score three touchdowns one week, get you 35 points and then five points maybe the next week, or do you want Godwin who's going to consistently get 14 to 20 points a game? So it really is just to each your own and how you want to construct your team. You move on to some pickums. Yeah, uh, throw me one. Deontay Johnson or A.J. Brown? Deontay, easily yeah. um, smashing that shit. Of course. Um, sniping that shit, you know. Uh, A.J. Brown, we A.J. Bust, we <laughs> talked about him. I think he's a low-end wide receiver, too, and I think Deontay Johnson is as strong of a wide receiver, too, as you can get. I don't know if I would trust either as my wide receiver one. I wouldn't trust either as my wide receiver one because you don't know what is going to happen with either. Both have a brand-new quarterback. Right. Um, 
I would say that we've seen Deontay's floor, and that floor is still like six catches a game, but 20 yards. Um, yeah, he he'll, he's a king at averaging like four yards yes. per catch. And that was the Big Ben offense. It's what it's what he was called to do. It's what he needed to do. Um, I could see a world where Deontay does elevate into that wide receiver one role. It really depends on how good the quarterback play is from Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh this year, but I'm definitely taking Deontay over A.J. Brown there. How far does DK Metcalf fall? Actually, I'll just ask it this way. Uh, Metcalf or Thielen? Thielen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not touching Metcalf. I'm not. Nope. When we do when I we do the projections, I will not be surprised when I project DK Metcalf to have like 60 catches, 800 yards, and five touchdowns. Yeah, you know, it's going to be poor. It, it, it'll be piss poor. I, what's the difference between DK Metcalf and Cortland Sutton? Russell Wilson. The quarterback, yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Also, I think Portland Sutton's a better receiver than DK Ooh. Metcalf anyways. But, hey, you're going to upset them Seattle folks out there. Let's Portland Sutton was great in college at SMU. Um, and what quarterback did they have there? I couldn't tell you personally. But it wasn't anyone good because he's not playing in the NFL right now. Um, and he, he was able to really still maintain a prominent role in a Drew Locke run offense last year. And I think taking a jump from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson is only going to improve his stock. Although I'm a Judy guy, I think they're both going to be great this year. All right. How about let's do, let's do one that like really doesn't have anything to do with the topic that we're choosing today. T Higgins or DJ Moore. So the number one receiver for Carolina or the number two for Cincinnati I'm taking T Higgins. I, I love DJ Moore. He's a great receiver. He's a better receiver than T Higgins, but he's dealing with quarterback play from Sam Darnold. And we've seen what that is. It's nothing, nothing you want a part of. I had DJ Moore last year. He was my third receiver taken off the board. And um, the start to the season was great. I thought that I was completely wrong about this guy because I didn't like him last year. I took him because he was the best player on the board at the time. And the start of the season was amazing. And then it just dropped off mm -hmm. completely. He was useless. Um, he was a, he was he was a cancer to my team. I wanted him off. I did trade him. I really got a deal for him, but I got a deal for Zeke. So do you want a DJ so Moore? Lose. Do the people want a DJ Moore fun fact? Sure, let's hear it. There are only two players last year that played over six games or whatever that Calvin Ridley played that had seven plus targets in every game played. One of them was Cooper Cup. One of them was DJ Moore. Yeah. Mind-boggling. And it was crazy because I'd, I'd see his – he's got 12 targets at the end of the day, but, like, four catches yeah. for, like, 50 yards. And it's just quality of target. It's quarterback play. Who, who are we comparing this to? T. Higgins. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. T. Higgins 100% yeah. of the time. Give me one more, and then we'll wrap things up. Anybody? Ooh. Um, so I'll go with Brandon Cooks or Michael Pittman. Pittman? I want to say by a mile, but Brandon Cooks has always slept on. I think I think Pittman could – some people are putting him in the top ten. Let's pump the brakes. He's going to finish right around wide receiver 15 like he did last year. Uh, Cooks isn't that far behind, but he is a tier behind. I'll go Pittman. I'm going Pittman, but I don't think the gap's very big. Um, yeah. What we saw from Davis Mills last year wasn't bad. He was expected nope. to be terrible, and by the end of the season, he really started picking it up, played great. Um, he's had a whole offseason now as the quarterback in Houston. I think he's, he's probably got a great connection with Brandon Cooks now. Brandon Cooks did very well with him last year, and I think it's only going to get better. I see a world where Cooks can beat him out, but I'm going to go Pittman because 
Matt Ryan's a great quarterback, and Michael Pittman has proven that he can be a great receiver. That's going to be so funny if uh, – what's his name? I'm blanking now. Receiver? Yeah. What were, what were you just talking oh, about? Oh, Cooks and Pittman. Oh, uh, yeah. Duh. Davis Mills, what if he's the best quarterback out of that draft class? I I think <laughs> it's very possible. I Yeah, he's, we'll he's a big guy. He's a pocket passer. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right, we're going to wrap it up, keep these nice and short for you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Wagme Fantasy. Visit us at www.wagmefantasy.com. There's a lot of every single podcast, video, blog is posted on there. TikTok. TikTok at Wagme Fantasy. I will be uploading our first video this week. Stay tuned to be updated with all new news and notes that you should know from around the NFL. If you have something you want to hear us talk about, please leave it in our suggestions. You can contact us anywhere on Twitter, on our social medias, or our email is football at wagmefantasy.com if you are very regal in your email communication. Thanks for listening, guys. We're done.